One, two, three. Hallelujah! Man, clap for the Lord. Hey, you guys sound good. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, um, once again, thank you guys. Everybody's here and we're all blessed to be here. And God's been keeping us. And uh, I'm so thankful that he's keeping me. Amen. And I'm, I'm thankful that he's keeping you. Um, and so we're going to get into the word today. Um, I'm going to pray and then we'll get right into this. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for blessing us, blessing us to be here today. We thank you for giving us yet another, another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you've sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now in Jesus name. Amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. All right. Look at your name and say, get your Bible out. Okay. So we're going to preach this message this morning entitled empowerment, empowerment. And, um, this, this is really important because salvation is, is important. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of times there's been such an emphasis on salvation but not enough attention put towards what do I do now that I am saved? Amen. Come on, somebody. Um, salvation. This is great. And this is wonderful. I'm so happy to be saved, but I don't know about you, but I realized pretty quick that after I got saved, I didn't go to heaven. Y'all in here with me. And so I got saved, but then I was still here. And so I had to still live in the same world. How many of y'all had a different world to live in after you got saved? Do you know when you got saved, your street was still your street? Come on. You got saved. Come on. How many know you got on the same freeway? Come on. And you had to deal with the same people. And so what do I do now? I'm saved. And so empowerment, this word means the giving or delegation of power. Amen. How many know you need power to make it in this earth? It's the giving or delegation of power or authority. How many know you need authority? Amen. Amen. Come on. We we cannot just be in this earth and think that we're just going to live saved and everything. No, the enemy is trying his best to advance against God's people. And so it's the the empowerment, the, the giving or delegation of power or authority. And it's also authorization. And so if you are authorized, just like what happened this morning, we had a little shift in schedule because I had to, you know, come and try to deal, work with the other church over there and all this type of stuff. But guess what? I have people in position here, right? Who've been given authorization. Oh, can I get amen right there? And they've been given authorization. And so guess what? They are authorized Come on, to get up here and get behind this pulpit. Y'all in here with me. They're authorized to speak to you. They're authorized to do some things. Well, that's where that uh, authorization comes in. And it's very important because you can't just start doing stuff. If you're not authorized to do it, you just can't be like, what if you guys came here and said, oh, pastor's running late. And um, you say, oh, I'm going to just go up there and do communion. I got this. Huh? Y'all in here with me. 
Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, the pastor laid down. I mean, you know, pfft, okay, I got this. Oh, don't worry about it, Pastor D. I got this. I mean, no, that ain't going to fly. You see what I'm saying? Why? Because everything must be done decently and in order. You can't just start doing something. Unless you're authorized. Amen. Unless and see, and this is the problem in the body of Christ. A lot of believers, they don't know that they have authority. And so they don't know how to handle situations. And so they're still stuck on salvation. That's like playing Monopoly and you stay on the first row. You don't hit that corner. Come on and go to some other things. They're stuck right there. But if they don't realize they have authorization then, then nothing's going to change. They're just going to go to heaven. Well, how I many know you don't want to get beat up in the earth and end up in heaven? Talking about, whoo, man, it was hard. I'm glad I made it. How many of y'all want that? No? How many of y'all want to win while you're here? Amen. How many of you want to help some other people win while you're here? Amen? Amen? Okay, so... Uh, this authorization, also this, this word empowerment also means the giving of an ability. So here's another thing. The giving of an ability. So what God is going to say is, listen, I'm going to authorize you. I'm going to empower you. But I'm going to give you the ability to do what I want you to do. You, you may be one that says, well, well, pastor, I'm a little shy and I don't know about this and all that. But God said, I'm going to release the anointing on you, man. I'm going to empower you to do some great things in the earth. And so that you can take a stand, not only take a stand against the enemy, but advance against the enemy. How many of y'all want to be, start to learn about offense? You know, it's no fun, especially nowadays, if you watch a football game and it's just all defense. Come on, let me know, what was the score? Six to zero. That was a boring game. Don't nobody want to see that? Oh, come on, I I, I grew up playing football and I played on defense, but I already know we need some points, man. And nobody going to buy no tickets to go up there and watch y'all just tackling each other all day. Somebody got to break free and get in a touchdown, get in the end zone. Amen. And so we have to understand it's not just about being defensive. I'm just like, oh, man, just waiting for the next attack of the enemy. Well, what are you doing to him? Come on. Are you just waiting for him to come over there and try to take your stuff? Or are, are any of y'all talking about, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start taking some of his stuff. Come on, somebody. That's why I told you guys to step into this family evangelism. I told you to start praying for your loved ones, your family that should be in this church. Y'all remember me saying that last week? I said, you need to pray. They suppose, listen, you don't want them just saved. You want them here with you, worshiping with you. Well, you got to take that. You can't just sit back and, well, I sure hope they don't go to hell. Amen? Amen. What you going to do? Somebody try to get up in your house and rob you. I sure hope they leave. (laughs) I'm just saying, I sure hope they leave. I'm just, you know. See, some of y'all might be praying, but I'm going to be engaging. Amen? I'm going to be active because I'm authorized Glory to God. I'm authorized to remove you up out of my house. Amen. That's why I'm authorized. See, I'm not one that's afraid to speak. That's why I know I'm authorized to drive over here in my my gym clothes, looking scruffy and go talk to the. Hey, man, you're going to have to you can't take all of our spots. Amen. 
Don't be talking about we're all. What one per, one lady says something like, "Well, we're all uh, children of God," or something like that. No, 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 move. Well, no, I don't want to hear nothing about no children of God. You in my spots, man. We pay for this. Take that children of God on down the street. Because you sure wasn't thinking about no, we all children of God when you took our spots. You weren't talking about no, we all children of God. And the pastor said, I didn't know there was a church there. You didn't see the sign? Any of y'all ever seen the sign on our doors? What do y'all think that would be if you saw a Word of Life Worship Center? What do you think, what kind of establishment is that? And then, well, I didn't know what time they started. Any of y'all see that on our glass doors down there? Have any of you seen that we start at 10 o'clock? What is this? This is like you have to exercise authority. Just because your neighbor... You know, don't let your neighbor run that Christian card on you talking about, you know, well, I'm parking in your driveway because, you know, we all in the family of God. You ain't in my family that lives here, though. You're going to have to move that. You see what I'm saying? That's what people are doing. Well, we have to understand I got authority and I could take a stance. I'm not just going to let somebody just dominate me. And that's what the body of Christ has to wake up. You have to wake up against the enemy and say, you don't have a right to be up in here tormenting me. You don't have a right to be stealing my peace. You don't have a right to be putting sickness on my body. You don't have a right to be tormenting my kids and putting all this mess on my kids. I bind you. I cast you out in the name of Jesus because I am empowered to do that. Huh? See? And so that... Empowerment, that's the giving of an ability, enablement, or permission. I'm going to let you know. Look at your name and say, you got permission to dominate. All right, now let's go to John. All that warm up to go to John. Go to John 14, 12. And so this is what Jesus says. He says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me. How many of y'all believe in Jesus? Y'all in here with me? This is not about Buddha. This is not about Hare Krishna. This is not about Mohammed. This is about Jesus. Amen. What this, what this is about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This is about at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. And so this is who we believe in. I don't just believe in religion. This is about Jesus. And so he says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works. Look at your name and say, the works. Okay, I want you to see this. He says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, so surely get to heaven one day. Is that what it says? So why is everybody in this holding pattern? Think about it. Think about activity. How active are you? How many people are you winning to Jesus? Don't, don't raise your hand. But I, I'm, I'm giving you some, I'm going to challenge you. Think about this activity. How active are you? Are you aggressive? That's why I have us doing outreach because we cannot be sedentary. We cannot just wait for people to come to us. How many of y'all that have been on outreach, you get kind of fired up about it? 
Now, what has been happening? We're going up to people's doors and what are we doing? Engaging. No, we're not going there saying, excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> no, we're going up in neighborhoods, knocking doors, talking to people in driveways, going up on them. Hey, do you know Jesus? I said that to one lady last week. She, they tried to do the brush off because, and she was up in the upstairs, but I saw her. See, don't make eye contact with me because we're going to engage in something. And so I saw her up there and, and the sun was down here. You know, they was they're clearly getting ready to move or something, but I saw her and she's like, oh no, we moving. You know, Jesus, <laughs> wait. I hit up the mailman. Didn't we hit up the mailman? The mailman was putting in stuff. And I said, hey, man, you know Jesus? Why? Because that's works. That's, this is not just like, I can't just get this and do nothing with it. And so he says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And then what does it say? And greater works then these shall he do. And Jesus is letting them know you're going to do greater works because I'm going unto my father. And really he's helping us understand. I'm going to send you the help you need. You're going to get the Holy Ghost that's going to help you. And he's going to teach you everything you need to know. But that's uh, John 14, I think down in 26. But we understand that we get the Holy Spirit. But why? Why do we have to have that? It's so that we would be empowered. See, it's about empowerment. Amen. John, matter of fact, real quick, go over to John. Stay in, we're in 14. Just go down to 26 real quick. King James, that's all. I just want to get this because this is why you get the Holy Spirit. You don't get the Holy Spirit to get goosebumps, chills, to be shaking and quaking. Come on. Anybody got time for that weird stuff? Y'all up in here with me. I have seen some Christians shaking and quaking with no power. You're shaking and quaking and can't even get that demon off out your house. Come on, somebody. You all that shaking and quaking. Why don't you receive some healing or something? Why don't we get some evidence? Come on. It's shaking and quaking, but you're still broke. How about you get out of that and learn how to get in victory in your life? Come on. And, uh, shaking and quaking and shaking and woo and still on depression medication. Come on. It's time to stop this nonsense. This is not what Jesus said. We need to be a people that are full of power. They ought to know. See, I know what's in me. When I step in, man, I step in the parking lot, even this morning. I step up in there. They know I'm about the business. I'm not here to play with no one. And I'm not trying to be no bully. But I know who I am. I know the authority I'm I'm walking in. I know I have a right. That brother, that pastor was all nervous. Don't be scared of me. Get out of my spots. You see what I'm saying? But I'm not, but see, some people can take this the wrong way and they say, oh, you're just a bully. You're just a, no, this ain't about bullying. This is about authority. This is about, I know who I am in Christ. I know the rights that have been given unto me and I'm not going to bow down. I'm going to stand firm in what it is that I believe. Amen. And so he says, but the comforter. So that's the Holy Ghost. The comforter, 
which is the paracletos. He's the one that comforts you and helps you. So you don't, it's like he's saying greater works than these shall you do, but it's not like you're going to have to figure it out. Wouldn't that be hard if I had to figure out what these works are? It's like greater works. Well, what am I going to do? I mean, Jesus says, well, go figure it out. No, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. And so everything you've been taught, God's going to, through the power of the Holy Ghost, cause you to remember that. There'll be an illumination, amen? And so, um, now, uh, so what we want to understand is Christianity is not a rescue mission. Christianity is not a rescue mission. A rescue mission is you're out there and, you know, you're about to go down and then you, you get saved. It's not that. It's, yeah, you do get saved, but there's more to it. Amen? There's more to it. And so Christianity is not a rescue mission. Christianity is really about deliverance. Y'all ready? And deployment. Come on. Christianity is about deliverance and deployment. Here's what will happen if you don't. Listen. If you're not deployed, then if you if a devil's cast out, he's coming back with seven of his friends. And if them it's going to be. So what does that mean? The state that you are in first, the later state is worse. Because you grabbed the hold of a life raft and got pulled up, but you never got deployed. And so what are you doing back in the same spot? Well. Deliverance is short-lived. But once you start to get active, and so uh, Christianity is really about deliverance and deployment. And so he says in that scripture, John 14, 12, if you believe, you will do the same works. Well, what kind of works was Jesus doing? Healing the sick, raising the dead, working miracles. Here's what he was not. Shy, bashful. Here's what he was not. Only concerned about his own house. Here's what he was not. Only concerned about his own schedule and his own agenda. That's not what Jesus was. Amen? And so, if you believe, we say we do, we're all believers, then you will do the same works and even greater works. And so this whole movement, This whole movement that we're involved in, Christianity, the greatest movement to hit the world. There's never been anything in the history of the world like Christianity. Y'all in here with me. There has never been in. I'm talking about in the in in the history of the world. There's never been anything like Christianity. And there never will be anything like Christianity. Amen. But this whole thing is all about action. It's all about action. I'm telling you, I get so fired up because I know what God is doing. And that's why I like, you know, doing something like outreach. And I like sending people who maybe think they're they don't know what they're doing. Good. That way you ain't in the Holy Ghost's way. 
I like pushing them up there. Go to that door. Go talk to them. God, hey, go, you know, see, there he is. Go get him. That's what we do. We're going to do more stuff like that. More stuff like that because I want an active people. I don't want a people that are complacent. I don't want a people that are, I just go to church. Is that all you do? You just go to church? That's it? Where in the Bible does it tell you to just go to church? We don't have that as our instructions. But yet that's what we're doing. I'm just going to church. And like I told you guys, if you came here and you saw clothes on the door. Well, some people say, I'll just find another church. Because that's because people are just churchgoers. But if you're a part of something, you'd be like, ah, no. I rebuke that. My church is staying open. I don't care what the devil says. You see what I'm saying? But it's taking ownership. And so we start to understand that this is about action. So step one, I'll give you the steps that God will take you to if you allow him to do it. It's really three simple steps that God does. But step one, God forgives you. So you think about it. We were all sinners. Can we all remember that? We were all sinners. But Look at your name and say, forgiveness is just a step. Oh, man, it's not the whole thing. People think it's the whole thing. And so what they do, they stay on forgiveness. What step you on? Forgiveness. You still on forgiveness, man? You haven't advanced? Come on. And that is something that sounds good. If you're a person that's not moving. And so it's just forgiveness. And so you get forgiven. And what do you do? We have what's called a maintenance program. And so what people do is they run a maintenance program with God. And so they get forgiven. And they say, okay, I'm good. Until the oil light comes on. Come on, the oil light comes on. They say, I got to get forgiven again. But you need to move somewhere. You need to advance. And so it's not for us to be in this place of complacency. So I got forgiven. Well, what's next? Amen. And it's not a maintenance to where, well, uh, that's why that hyper grace doctrine is so dangerous because people keep staying in a cycle of needing to be forgiven. Amen. And so um, what we want to do is we want to be able to advance and go into the next level. And so he forgives you that step one. Go to Isaiah. Isaiah 43, 25. I even I am he that blotted out thy transgressions for what? For my own sake. Do you know he did not even forgive you for you? What? He did not even forgive you for you. He says, I even I am he that blotted out thy transgressions for my own sake. And I and and he says, and will not remember thy sins. Why? See, that's not just so you can make it to heaven. He has to blot out your transgressions. And not remember your sins so that you are 
not disqualified. Because how many know you will not be qualified for the work if he's still remembering all your sins. Amen? And so he says he does this for his own sake. And so now go to Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, 16 and 17. Hebrews 10, 16 and 17. This is the covenant. And so you know what a covenant is? A covenant is a promise. Do you know when God makes a promise, he doesn't break it? You know, that's why the English language has changed and we've moved away from words like covenant. Because as far as a people go, there are not people, most people are not living on that level of integrity to where they can actually enter into a covenant. Y'all remember when a handshake used to mean the deal was set? Remember that? He said, oh, no, shake a hand. And what does that mean? It's going to show up. I'm going to do the work that I said I would do. You're going to pay me what you said you would pay me. That was it. Now we have contracts with microscopic writing on it. Well, nobody can read that. I'm talking about you got on glasses and a magnifying glass. You still can't see it. Because people don't operate with this level of integrity anymore. Well, this is the highest level of integrity. This is the covenant that I will make. So that's God making a promise. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts. See that? And in their minds will I write them. Stop right there. So if I don't need to obey God, y'all in here, if obedience is not important, why does he need to make a covenant with me to put his laws? Let me back this up just real quick. Back this up real quick. Okay, so if I don't need to be obedient to God, if I don't need to live an upright life, if I don't need to know what's right in the eyes of God, if I don't need to know all that stuff, right? Because isn't that what uh, the hyper grace is all about? You don't have to do these things. They're all Old Testament. You don't have, you could just live any old way. You can, okay, God will forgive. Oh, come on. No standards. You know what happens when the standards are lowered? Come on. People don't respect each other. There used to be a time where young people respected older people. Y'all in here with me. There used to be a time where a young person could see a older person getting ready to go into a door and they actually open that door for that person. But in our time today, a young person can see an older person and they will cut in front of them. Why? The standards. You know that there used to be a time where there was respect given in homes. Kids respected adults. Oh, what? Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that? There was some things like, I mean, my mom, we used to have to speak. I used to have to say, yes, sir. They say something and you didn't hear them yet. Sir? Ma'am? My mom called me, ma'am? You remember that? So, how much of that we got going on now? I'm just wondering. Oh, y'all don't want me to get on you, but some of your kids don't respect you. 
So how somebody else's kid is going to respect you? <laughs> See, I respected my mom, but I respected my friend's mom, too, because that's just what it was. Because that was a time where, you know what, we did something wrong. I remember living in an apartment building where they kind of came around and they had the, the end unit. And we was both upstairs, so basically our units face each other, and there's stairs that go up, and then you got the other units across. Come on, some of y'all didn't grow up in the hood, but they got those apartments. I said, wow, apartments like that? I mean, I, you know, we just had townhomes. Well, we didn't have no townhome. There wasn't no townhome. You go up the stairs over here, there's a unit, and then walk all the way down. That's all the units. Go back downstairs, there's some units. Well, I remember we got in trouble, and... Man, he was getting beat. I was getting beat. It was echoing in the courtyard. You could hear, you could hear the beat down being just going off at the same time. Amen. So guess what? There was some respect. And, and, and but see, when your standards change, that's what happens. See, they're trying to water it down in our society. So now all of a sudden, parents are afraid to raise their kids. You don't want to raise them. You just want to what? Let them just what? Let them just become. They will just become demons. They can't turn into a demon, but they will be demonically oppressed and they will be used by the devil. If you don't train them, that's why we have instructions. So why would he say stuff like I'm saying here? This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts. So if he says I'm going to put the law, my laws in their heart, do you guys finally see that, oh, obedience is important? Amen. Oh, no, pastor, that's Old Testament. Do you know what Hebrews is? How many of y'all know, know Hebrews is New Testament? So before you go and abandon all of that, I don't have to. Okay. Read the word. I will put my let me, let me I keep preaching, but let me. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds will I write them and their sins and inequities will I remember no more. So he forgives you, but then he writes his laws in your heart. And then he writes them on your mind. And so now you're empowered to obey. Why? Because he put it in your heart and he put it in your mind because it's that important. Well, how many know that step one? Step one, I got forgiven. How many of y'all got forgiven? How many are excited about forgiveness? How many of you guys would be terrified if God came up to you right now and said, oh, we've had a change of... Uh, the way we do things, and uh, that's the list that he's going. So, so we're going to have to address all these things you've done, huh? How many of y'all would be okay with that? You say he he just slapped it out, and just it just rolled. Come on, some of y'all that thing would be rolling, all oh, it'd be rolling all the way down. Some of y'all stuff would roll all the way to Texas. <laughs> Amen. But if he said, oh, no, we're going to have to address these one by one. How many of y'all would be terrified? 
I, I know I'll be terrified. Well, thank God. He says, your sins and inequities, I'll remember them no more. So he don't remember, so there's not going to be nobody coming up, rolling that thing out. But that's for me to be so overwhelmed with thanksgiving. Listen, if a person gets a pass, it is not for you to say, whoo, I made it through that, through the skin of my teeth. It is not for you to then go do the same thing. You're supposed to say, whoo, I ain't doing that again. Huh? Y'all remember this. This, You've had things in your life. And then what you're supposed to do as a Christian is learn from it. Learn from it and move forward. But be thankful. Be so filled with thanksgiving that God, man, he did not judge you for that. You did not lose everything for that. Amen. And take it and run with it. But don't run in the same direction that you were running. Amen. Amen. And so you need to be in a situation where I'm going to take that forgiveness and cleave unto it. And and I'm going to move forward. Look at your name and say, get off of square one. Okay. Don't mean you can't stay there. You got forgiven already. That's that's good. And he don't even remember your stuff no more. Praise God. So what you gonna do? You you, you don't have to do something else. Amen. You know what I'm saying? You you just can't. You know that's like a person gets released from prison or something like that. But then you say, oh well, I, I'm you know, I appreciate that, but I'm gonna stay here because I ain't got nowhere else to go. But I'm just just keep my cell unlocked. I'm come and go when I want. People getting up out of there, man. I mean, no, you moving on to the next step. And this is what we've got to do. So now what is step two? Step two, God delivers you. Here's the problem. A lot of people accepting forgiveness, but getting no deliverance. And so if you don't get deliverance, what are you going to do? Stay on square one because you have to be forgiven again because you're doing the same thing. Come on, somebody. The same thing you have repented over 75 times for you're doing it again because you haven't stepped to step two. And so deliverance hadn't kicked in. See, God doesn't just forgive you so that he can forgive you again next week. No, he forgives you. And then step two comes. He delivers you. Go to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61 one. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. So stop right there. So this is Jesus. This is Isaiah prophetically speaking of the ministry of Jesus. And Jesus is letting it be known that this is my purpose. This is why I'm here to set the captives free, to open up the prison doors so that now you can be able to move out. You can be able to go. And so like the things that would have a person in bondage, you guys ever hear the terminology like, ah, they're just in bondage. You know what a stronghold is? A stronghold is something that prevents you from breaking free. 
And so let's say you have a stronghold of addiction. It's a stronghold that the devil has clamped onto you that prevents you from breaking free. But the blood of Jesus, come on somebody, the power of the blood is so powerful that there's no stronghold that can stand against it. How many know the blood will break the stronghold of addiction? The blood will break the stronghold of fear. Come on somebody, the blood will break the stronghold of anger. It'll just break it because Jesus is anointed for that. Amen. And so if he says, this is what I've done, but just because the locks are blown off the doors, does that mean you're going to walk out? Amen. And so a lot of people are struggling with the same stuff because they have not moved forward. And so if you're just in a a holding pattern, then it's going to come back around. It's going to be a cycle. It's going to be a cycle. How many know that would be messed up if you were washing your clothes and they just stayed on the spin cycle? You say, oh, can you? I I need to get them out. We need to move on past the spins. Come on, man. Some Christians have been on spin cycle for 20 years. Amen. Why? I can say for myself, I'm not the same person that I used to be. I got saved and something happened. God opened my mind and opened my eyes to see things in a different way. I don't do the things that I used to do. I don't think the way I used to think. I'm not afraid of the things I used to be afraid of. There's just something different that has happened. Amen. And so if we start to understand this, that God delivers you. So he he can't just listen. Oh, y'all. I can't ask God to just forgive me. Let's say, okay, I'm going to ask God to forgive me for fornication. Oh, man, I've been a fornicator. Lord, please forgive me. I can't ask for that forgiveness without some deliverance. Because what you going to keep doing? Fornicating. You can't ask God to forgive you for using drugs and there's no deliverance. So what you going to do? You're going to keep using drugs. That's why you got Christians today still doing, come on, as much stuff as unsaved people are doing. But what's the difference? Oh, you're going to heaven. Well, how come Jesus didn't say he that believes on me shall one day go to heaven. He said, he that believes on me, the same works that I do, he's going to do. Because it's about action. It's about conversion. It's not about filling out a salvation card. Honestly, I think that's a waste of time. Y'all in here with me? I think all the salvation cards and all the stuff that people do is a waste of time because who knows who's really saved? Huh? Who knows who's really saved? How do you even know a person's saved? I mean, we can argue it and we can get into all these debates and we can get into all this, oh no, I'm just whatever. I'm not there to argue that. I'm just there to tell you what Jesus did. Jesus says, you believe me, you're going to do what I do. Jesus says stuff like, you're going to know a tree by its fruit. 
I mean, that's what Jesus said. Jesus didn't say, you just said a sinner's prayer and you're all good. No, you're going to, he says, he that abides in me, he says, I'm, I'm the vine and you are the branches. And he that abides in me shall bear much fruit. He's basically saying, without me, you can do nothing. But he even says stuff, he continues on and says stuff like, if you don't bear fruit, those that aren't bearing fruit is going to be cut off and burned. Wait, what is that? Jesus is the one that says stuff like, depart from me, I never knew you, you workers of inequity. Well, what does all that mean? Amen? No, Jesus, I filled out that salvation card. But Jesus said, I saw your card, but I didn't see your fruit. Dang. Okay, so you don't have to be bound as a Christian. But you have to understand there are steps. Amen. Amen. So go to John 8.36. John 8.36. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be what? If the Son makes you free. How many of y'all been delivered from anything? Huh? You've been delivered from something? So would you say you're free of it? Come on. How do you know? Oh, does desires have changed? Could anybody pay you to go back? Huh? Come on. Let's just deal with this. If I'm delivered from something, then I don't struggle with it anymore. If I struggle, I'm not delivered. If I am struggling, let's say... I have this temper and, and, you know, I'm still fiery and you guys, you know, but I'm not, I don't have the temper. I used to have a bad temper. I'm talking about like really, really bad. But if I am struggling with that, if I'm finding myself every day, like, oh Lord, this is really hard. I just, I'm having trouble. I just, ah, I'm getting moments of rage. I just got to go in the bathroom. Ah! Okay, I'm good for 30 more minutes. Ah! Okay. I'm not delivered. I'm trying to maintenance. Come on. I'm trying to maintain. I'm trying to be functioning in my bondage. Now, that is Christianity that the world has introduced. That is not what Jesus introduced. Jesus says, you shall know the truth, John eight thirty two, and the truth shall make you free. He also says, like we just read here, if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And so if I've been delivered from something, then there's absolutely no possible way, y'all in here with me, for me to return. Oh no brother. It could happen anytime. Can it? Is that what you believe? I don't believe it. Amen. I believe that if. The son. Makes you free. You're free indeed. Oh. So now. We get into some problems here. Because. A lot of times people want to blame it on, well, 
it's almost like the devil made me do it. I, you know, I just couldn't, I just, you know, no, it's a free will. You have a free will. So you could tell yourself, no, do you know, you have the power to tell yourself, we don't do that no more. What would happen if you told yourself that instead of saying, I'm sorry, Lord, forget all that. What if you just told yourself, look here, man, we're not doing that. I don't know what you thought you was, we was going to do, but we're not doing that. You have the power to say that. Amen. It's just a choice. It's a choice that we make and we have the power to make those choices. So step one, God forgives you. Step two, God delivers you. And I've given you the scripture that deliverance is you coming into your freedom. God empowering you to go free. Uh, This thing is so powerful that you could have had a problem with drugs and God can use you to witness to drug addicts. God can use you to witness to drug addicts who have drug paraphernalia and all that on them and you not be tempted because you're delivered. See what I'm saying? So God forgives you, then God delivers you. And step three is God deploys you. This is where a lot of people are getting stuck. They've been getting stuck on a lot of these steps I'm just, I just pray. I don't know what God is doing and and I'm not the judge of people. But what I believe about the Bible is I believe that God's power is really real enough for us to really represent him in the earth. That's just what I think. I just think if I'm a Christian, I should be able to be like Christ. I just, I mean, that's just what I've read in the Bible. So I don't see that in this world. So maybe that's somewhat of a pipe dream that I might have. But I don't find it very often. But I see that it should be there. We should be able to act like Jesus in the earth. I don't see why we can't if he says we get the help that we need. Amen. So I just think we should be able to represent him as ambassadors in the earth. I believe I should be able to represent him the same on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I should be able to represent him no matter where I am, no matter who I'm around, no matter who's looking. Come on, somebody. I should be able to represent him. And I have the help of the Holy Spirit that's going to keep me in line and on track. I should be able to do this. But how many of you guys know some Christians that are not acting like Jesus? Why? See, that's a plan of the enemy. But a target that is not moving is easier to hit. A stationary target is easy to hit. And so, step three, God deploys you. Go to Matthew, Matthew 10, 16. Matthew 10, 16. I really don't care how many people we have. I want all of you guys active. I want you guys to all feel confident enough to walk up to a perfect stranger in the parking lot somewhere and ask them if they know Jesus. I want you guys to be confident enough to walk up to anybody. You could be going to the barber shop, the nail shop, the whatever shop, uh, the taco shop. Come on, somebody. I want you to feel confident enough to 
talk to this person about Jesus. Amen. And if the Holy Spirit leads you, I want you to be confident enough to lay hands on them and pray for them. Come on in the establishment right there, no matter where you are. This is what this is about. This is about deployment. This is not about all of us all being launched to have our own church. This is about us being launched into the mission field and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and giving people a real live example of what salvation looks like, right? What forgiveness looks like, what deliverance looks like, what deployment looks like. They should be able to see that in you. So it doesn't matter where you are. You ought to feel comfortable, comfortable and confident enough to represent your king without hesitation. And so Jesus says, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. See that? I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. There are wolves out there. You guys aware of this? I think it's John 10, 11, or 11, 10, whatever that is. Wait, no, hold on. 11, 12. I think it's John 11, 12, but the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violence taken by force, maybe that's Matthew eleven twelve. One of them, we don't have to turn there, but my point is, there's wolves. And the enemy is just not going to sit back and give us anything. If we're going to get it, we're going to have to take it. Amen? If we're going to get it, we're going to have to take it. If we think that he's just going to roll over and say, here, oh, that's your family. I'll leave them alone. I so, I'm so sorry. I didn't know you loved them like that. So I'm going to leave them alone now. No, he's going to try to steal, kill, and destroy them on your watch. In your face. And then he will laugh at you. And he will say, Oh, some Christianity you've gotten a hold of. You weren't even able to impact the people of your own house. What a spiritual weakling you are. I I would never say that, but that's what I'm telling you. That's what the devil, he's going to try to break you down like that. And so that's why you cannot take it lightly. So, no, no. God didn't save me for me to just be setting up in here on saved island somewhere. On saved island. Come on. Sipping on a virgin drink, you know what I mean? Sip, uh, sipping on a mocktail. I'm on Virgin Island. I just, what you doing? What you been doing since you've been saved? Just enjoying my prosperity. Just, you know, just enjoying the prosperity. You got you to gotta win somebody, man. You got to get somebody saved. You got you to gotta disciple somebody. And that's the thing. We can't just have people get saved, but you got to help them. Say, hey, man, I'm going to show you how to do this. Grab them by the arm and say, I'm going to show you how to walk. We're going to walk this thing out. But Matthew eleven twelve, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent taken by force. And so that means it's not just going to be handed to you. Even to think about what we're doing in this church. I know. Listen. I'm not, uh, I, don't, I don't try to get into this comparison game, but as a pastor, it's my job and responsibility to know the demographics and to know what's going on. And man, they're not teaching this in this valley. Can you believe that? They're not teaching about no empowerment. They're not teaching that. 
But churches are being flooded right now. But a lot of those same people that's going to church have full out hell going on at their house. I don't I don't believe God is happy with that. I don't believe that's what he wants. I believe he wants that there should be evidence. There should be evidence that what we believe really is true. It does work. And so we can't wait for the enemy to give us anything. And so back to um, uh, Luke or no. Yeah. Matthew 10, 16, Matthew 10, 16. He says that, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents. See? And so you have to be aggressive. You can't be passive and just say, oh, praise the Lord, brother. And then you just be, you know, getting taken advantage of, you know. You know some Christians, they say they're Christians, but they'll still rob you. Are you aware of that? You know that there are Christian people in business that will manipulate you and jack you and give you a bad interest rate on your loan. Oh, that was a, I went to a Christian place and they did that to me. They would do it. They will rob you blind. In the name of Jesus. Amen. But you have to be wise as a serpent. So a serpent is wise. They're paying attention to things and harmless as doves. And so that's where the love of Jesus comes in. And so I'm not looking to hurt anybody. Oh, but you're not about to play me though. I'm just saying y'all in here with me. I ain't trying to hurt nobody, but no, you ain't about to play me. And don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid to stand up and say, Hey, you know, I'm not not going to roll over and just let you take advantage of me. And then see, God will give you this and you'll be able to have good things happen for you. Sometimes you got to stand up for whatever. You might have to stand up and say, that's too much. I'm not paying for that. That's not worth that. You got to be a good steward of what you have, you know, and, and don't just be giving everything and just so some some Christians are just so just giving everybody everything. Just here. I don't just some being. No. Why are you paying for stuff? They didn't do it right. Make them correct that. You, you see what I'm saying? And so, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Now go to, uh, uh, so now we're sent forth, but we're empowered. Luke 10, 19. Luke 10, 19, he says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And so I've been granted this power. Luke 10, 19. I just quoted it, but I was moving faster than you. So um, we can understand I'm empowered by God. And I have power against the enemy. And so everything that the enemy could do against me, I could be ahead of him. I could have an advantage. Why? Because I've been given power from God. Amen. And so he's given us power. Now, you do have an adversary, the enemy, which is looking to steal, kill, and destroy. And you don't have to put this up there, but Ephesians 6, 12, for we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's where your battle is. 
That battle is going to jump on you right when you leave. As soon as you get out of here today, it's going to, it's going to be on. He's trying to get on you now. Amen. Think about it. Why do people get so tired at church? Y'all, oh, Pastor, these lights, these lights are what? Oh, Pastor, that, you know, to that air, that air conditioning. No, y'all, y'all get me. You're not going to get any of this. Everything I'm telling you is how you can win. Everything I'm telling you right here. It, what this, this stuff amazes me. I might have to just go on some deep meditation and prayer with God. Because I'm like, I know what he's doing. So he sets it up to where we give out what people need to win. But it's hard for people to eat. It's hard for people to eat. Amen? And so now everything's changed. There's no possible way you can have people try to listen to no uh, sermon. If you preach for an hour, that's it. That's too much. But we could watch a movie and, and don't even go to the bathroom. You didn't even go to the bathroom. But when it comes to the word, I mean, what is it? Almost 12 o'clock? Why y'all sleepy? I'm just saying. I can see you. You think that's God? That's the devil, man. People have trouble concentrating. The most important hour of your week. Even in our church. I pray about it. But we have, you know, a lot of times in our church, we have so much moving around. I'm like, where y'all going? What y'all doing? What is all this? I haven't gotten on anybody. I'm trying to be nice, but I'm, I'm, I'm really strongly seeking God because I want to know what's going on. Because I'm like, this is what people need. But what they need the most, they're distracted from getting it. And so I'm going to try to hurry up. Let me hurry up. For what? Hurry up to do what? You see what I'm saying? So it's a mindset, man. We got we to gotta lock into this. You got to pay attention. The enemy will try to do everything he can against you. So he'll have you stay up late on Saturday, whatever. He'll have you all this stuff so that it's a struggle for you to sit still and receive life-transforming truth. You know how I got delivered and transformed? Through the book. That was it. No other way. That's the only way I'm able to live free today. It's because of the book. Amen? That's the only way you're going to be able to live free. And so, um, if you start to understand this, you say, okay, I got a spiritual battle. You know demons don't go to sleep. Did y'all know that? You didn't know that. They don't go to sleep. They don't take naps. They're ready to attack you any any chance they get. That's where, so we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so if we know this, then we want the power to prevail against it. And so we got the power from the Holy Ghost, Acts 1.8. He says, behold, I'll give unto you power and, or excuse me, uh, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses 
And so we can go out and do our work, but we need the Holy Spirit to help us. So if I have the Holy Spirit, I'm not empowered to shake and quake and to get goosebumps and to be talking about well and doing all this church stuff. No, I'm empowered to go against the devil. I'm empowered to cast out demons. I'm empowered to take care of kingdom business. That's why I got the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's why I am filled with the Holy Ghost power so that I can go out and attack the kingdom of darkness. Not wait for the kingdom of darkness to try to come on me. I got the power to go against them. Amen. That's why you got it. And so the way this works is action activates the anointing. Action activates the anointing. You cannot get the anointing flowing if you're not active. Because it's not for a sedentary situation. Amen. So action activates the anointing. Inactivity and complacency causes spiritual decay. So when you're not busy about your father's business, you're going down. That's the way it works. Let's look at Luke 19, 13, and we're going to close. So this is our purpose. This is what we got to do in the earth. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds. And he said unto them, I want you to focus on this. Occupy till I come. So don't be looking for when the rapture is going to happen. Don't even pay attention to that. Occupy. Be ready. If Jesus shows up tomorrow, let him find you busy about his business. If he shows up tonight, let him find you busy about his business. Listen, you don't have to work 24 hours a day, but it does have to be something inside of you to where you realize I cannot just leave my Christianity at church and then go pick it back up next Sunday. This is a way of life and I've got to be advancing. I've got to be moving forward. I've got to be going after even more and even greater things. And so God has a power he wants to place on you. And he wants to use you. But you got to remember these three steps. He's going to forgive me. We're all glad about forgiveness. But then he's going to deliver you. I'm telling you right now, there's no addiction, no situation that can stand up against the blood. This does, it does not exist. The blood of Jesus is so powerful. People getting delivered. Y'all don't understand what is happening even now. People are getting delivered from uh, homosexuality. People were transgender and they're getting delivered. They're coming up out of that stuff with testimonies and they're testifying to the world of what they used to be. And then they got hit by the power of God and they've been changed. And this is happening. People are being delivered from drug addiction. They've been having lifelong drug addiction and they're being delivered without going to any rehab. This is happening, man. Because it's the power of God. And so we want to see that deliverance in action. And then we want to be deployed. We want to be able to say, here I am, Lord, send me. And God will send you out, man. He's sending us out into these neighborhoods. But guess what? If your kid goes to school, they ought to be carrying the power of God with them to that school. If you go to a job, you ought to be carrying the power of God with you to that job. Come on, somebody. Anywhere you go, you are supposed to be carrying the power of God because you're 
you're uh, deployed, you're not to be complacent. You're not to just sit here and just absorb and absorb and absorb. Because if you guys keep doing that, because of all the word we get at this church, if you keep doing that, if you don't start giving away, I guarantee you, you're going to go the other way. You have to start giving this away. You need to find somebody. I'm telling you, man, I was so impressed by brother Jason. He called me last week uh, and he went down to San Diego for this special service. But he called me last Sunday and this man called me and said he went down to Albertson's parking lot and was passing out flyers, witnessing the people, praying for people in the Albertson's parking lot after church. I said, wow, brother, I'm impressed. <laughs> but got to praying with people and you know what I'm saying? And not to say you got to do that like that today, but I'm just saying anybody can do this. Ask God, put, get me on that thing or get me busy about it. I know because the, the world is bombarding us with other things to be concerned about. And so that squeezing in and coming in on us and taking our mind space and our time. And, and, and so we're not active as, as active as we need to be about the kingdom things. And so guess what? We're not getting the kingdom anointing, but that's what we need. We need the kingdom anointing being released on us to where now the burdens that are weighing everybody down don't get us. We stay ahead of it. Stay ahead of it. And so the busier you can be about the kingdom, the more you're going to see greater results manifesting in your life. Amen. Y'all believe you got power? I'm going to give you a challenge. This is your challenge between now and next Sunday. I want you to pray. Y'all ready for this? Between now and next Sunday, I want you to pray and I want you to ask God to give you a perfect stranger. Not your family, not all that. I want you to ask God to give you a perfect stranger that you could lay hands on them and pray for them. Who would take on that challenge? I want you, I want you to ask God, we leave here today, you go, you're ready to go to sleep tonight, pray to God. God, I'm asking you to give me a perfect stranger, somebody I do not know. I want you to give them to me and I want you to empower me to lay hands on them and pray for them. Whatever it may be, watch what starts to happen when we do this. We start to see that this is beyond just going to church. This is a lifestyle. I'm a part of a movement. And this is bringing transformation into people's lives. Amen. Praise God. Go ahead and clap for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus for blessing us, blessing us to be here this morning. You gave us this opportunity to come before you. You do have a purpose for us and we're excited about it and we know our future is bright because of who we are in you. Maybe you're watching this right now you don't know Jesus as Lord. We want you to know that God loves you, he cares for you and he'll receive you. He will bring you in to his kingdom and give you an opportunity to do great things. But you must surrender your life over, release yourself to him. Church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, 
I am saved. Do with me as you please. And fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen.